Jesus House in pursuit of God, discovering purpose, maximizing potential, impacting lives. This message is being brought to you from Jesus House London. God bless you. Our Father and our God, we ask tonight that as we come before your throne, my Father, we ask that you open your word to us and allow your Holy Spirit full sway. Teach us your word, Lord. Change us, help us, heal us. Father Almighty God, we ask in the name of Jesus that you take absolute control. We really commit tonight into your hands and we do thank you. We thank you for everybody who has joined and we pray that the word touches each person in that place that matters the most. My Father and my God, thank you for all that you have done over the past few weeks and thank you for what you will do tonight. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. Um, welcome to tonight. If you are joining by podcast, you are most welcome. Now, we are going to bring this little bit of this section of our study to a close tonight. And we're just going to do, um, we're going to look at a practical element of it it doesn't mean that we have learned everything but hopefully you've learned enough to give you hope and confidence going forward and so we're we're really expectant um that god will heal your heart and make a really big difference and so while we've got lots of people joining we're just gonna read um our base scripture for tonight and if you remember a few weeks ago when we started this this series our focus was on something that the Lord said through Pastor Agu earlier in the year, and it was, we need to repair our boat, speaking from Luke 5. And so I'm going to read through Luke 5, and then I'm just going to do a brief recap of what um, we have done so far, and then we'll go on from there. And so I'm going to read from Luke 5, verse 1. I'm going to stop um, at verse 11, it's a very popular verse that this is our verse, ladies and gentlemen, for the year where this is what the Lord says. He said, launch out into the deep. And so Luke 5 verse 1 says the following. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Genesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now, when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering him, answering, answering, said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, when they, had, when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. Verse seven. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. 
verse 10. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we look at that verse, it's, the reason we read that verse is remember, when Jesus was standing by the lake of Genesaret, the key element, and this is why we looked at repairing your boat, the Bible says in verse two that he saw two ships standing by the lake and the fishermen were going out of them. They were washing their nets. The Bible says he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and Simon's life changed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've looked at over the last few weeks, the parts of us that constitute what we would say is our boat. And we're going to finish that tonight. And so we're going to finish looking at exactly what that means. But I want you to remember where we started. The reason we want you to take your heart and your soul and your mind before the Lord and allow him to repair them is because he has a really special future for you. And please remember the word over our lives this year, just as we continue from there. And the word is this, that launch out into the deep. Do what you would not normally do. Go with God where you would not normally go. Be brave enough to reach out for what God is presenting to you. And then take that and then let the Lord take it from there. And so that's what I wanted to remind you as we do the wrap up today. And if, you, if you're just catching up, please listen to the previous few sessions on the podcast and it will bring you up to speed and we genuinely hope you're blessed. And so when we talked about, so the last few weeks, um, I'll just do a very quick five minute review. Over the last few weeks, what we've talked about is the heart. We, we spoke about the heart and we came to a really good bridge last week. And so I'll come back to that. And so we, real, we looked at, um, the heart of man, and we're doing that in Jesus' house, in, in our main services in Jesus' house. So please plug in. It has been absolutely amazing every single week, every single week. And so what we're looking at is the heart. And so we looked at what was the um, core element of the heart. And this is the first part of what we call your boat. This is who you are. And the purpose of the heart is found in Romans 10.10. 10. We spoke about that. And the purpose of the heart is to believe. Um, so that's what we looked at. We looked at the, the purpose of the heart to believe. And then we use using the framework of the parable of the sower. We looked at four types of heart and we looked at how the Lord heals them. We looked at. Um, and so we also looked at. So we looked at the heart and the four types of hearts and how God heals them. We looked at the wayside, which is the, the pathway element. And we looked at the solution for that was water. That's the water of the word. We looked at the stony ground. That was um, an interesting week. And that's a, a heart that has been hardened in one way or another. And the answer to that is the word of God coming as a hammer and revelation, helping us through that and helping us through an offense. Then we looked at thorny ground, which is what we covered, which was where we looked at the impact of lust and how we can win out in that area and how the Lord helps us through that. Um, and then last week, we looked at good ground and we looked at how to make sure 
that your heart is good ground bringing 30, 40, 30, 60, and 100 fold. And so we looked at all that coming up to last week. And then we had a really great question. And the question was all about the looking at the inner man. It was a very, very forward thinking question. It was a great question. And I, um, I kept it. So, and this is, let me just pull it up in my notes. Um, here we are. Yes, and what we what the person asked, so I found it. It said, I just want to confirm. So every time you say heart, I should think you mean mind, will, and emotions. And we broke that down briefly last week. And so we looked about it. And so we want to just look at that just for this week. We're going to look at that briefly because that makes up your inner man. And Pastor spoke about it on Sunday. And so I think it, it's a great play. It was a great bridge into what is our conclusion. And so we're going to look at that tonight. The fact that your heart, the inner man is made up of your heart, your soul, and your mind. And so ladies and gentlemen, let's look at where that's detailed. And then we'll look at the fact that we need to get those elements healed. This is what Jesus said, Matthew 22, 37 to 40, um, which is our foundational scripture at Jesus' house. And so I'm, I'm really, it's fun going back there, Matthew 22, 37. And I will, and I'll read and listen to what Jesus said. So Jesus is speaking. I'll, I will read from 36 for clarity, and I'll stop at verse 40. He was asked a really difficult question, and the Bible says, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. So what Jesus does, speaking about the inner man, Jesus details this is what the inner man ends this is what goes on on your inside, that these three parts of you are really important. We've had a long look at the heart. We're going to briefly look at the soul and the mind now, and we're going to look at how the Lord heals them and their importance. It's going to be a fun journey. And so then Jesus keeps speaking, and he said, this is the first and the great commandment. And, the, and then he says, and the second is like unto it, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets so that if you get this right jesus says everything else in the bible depends on this and so we've looked at the heart and so now let's have a really quick look so now we're going to have a, a quick look at how god will heal and work with those elements so let's see them in action let's see them in action and that will also allow us to say this is what each one does come back with me please ladies and gentlemen to luke 5 and let's see the heart soul and mind in action the bible says when we read it jesus saw two ships he entered into the ships one of them was Simon's and he asked him that would you thrust out a little from the land 
and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship because Peter did what he asked. Pause for a moment. Jesus said to Peter, will you thrust out from the land? It is an unusual time. I know you're not going fishing. I want to use your boat. What does G Peter do? Peter does what he asks. Notice he makes a decision. And the reason I said that is the place where decisions are made are in your, the part of your inner man that we call your soul. Okay. Um, and so that's where we make decisions. We make decisions and choices. We'll break it down in a moment. But Peter makes a decision. And so we realize, so the first part, we see the heart in that, we see the inner man in action. We see the heart in action. And Peter decides, based upon what you ask, I'll do what you say. Nobody, nobody spoke to him, nobody campaigned. He just did what he said. And we will understand why, why later. But so we see his soul is involved. Jesus teaches. Um, and then something else happens. Jesus then says, verse four, now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, please remember the fact that Jesus spoke to Simon. Let me pause now. It's 714, so we're going to take our declaration and we'll come right back to that point. Oh, Lord, we are your people called by your name. We humble ourselves and we pray. We seek your face. We turn from our wicked ways. Hear from heaven, Lord. Forgive our sins and heal our land. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Now let's make our declaration, ladies and gentlemen. We declare that our land is healed. In the name of Jesus, amen. And ladies and gentlemen, please realize what you do every time 714 comes around has a great impact. And by the God's grace, by the time we finish tonight, it will have more of an impact. Okay? So I'm going to go back to Luke 5, verse 4. Luke 5, verse 4, Jesus speaking. And Jesus says to Peter, now when he had left speaking, that means he had stopped teaching the crowd. He said to Simon, so he's turned to, G to Simon directly, and he says the following, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Pause for a moment. Three things kick in. Number one, Jesus speaks to Simon and asks him to do something completely out of the ordinary. Simon's heart believes what Jesus says, as we're about to see. And we realize, and we've spoken about this before, the reason he, well, one of the reasons he had believed was he had seen Jesus's ministry in action for the past few days. Jesus had come to his house after the synagogue. Jesus's ministry, had, you'll find that in Luke 4. And you, Jesus's ministry has, had exploded. We think that. And so what he had seen and heard of Jesus gave him the confidence to say, 
I'll do what you say. Pause for a moment. That means Peter remembered what he had seen. That element is in your mind. That's your memory. Jesus says something to Peter. Peter believes him. That's the function of your heart. Peter accepts that what you said is true. And I'll, and I'll keep reading just to show that that's true. The Bible says in verse five, and Simon Peter answering said unto him. Now, this is really important because we also said last week that when your heart is healed, your heart will now speak because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, which is Matthew 12, reading from verse 34. So Peter now speaks based upon what his heart is filled with. And Peter says to Jesus, and Simon Peter answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Then he says, nevertheless, that means weighing what I know of you and weighing my circumstances, I choose you. So his soul kicks in, which is a choice. His intellect kicks in because he assesses two things. And then he says, I choose you. And then he makes this statement. He said, nevertheless, that means no, even though my intellect says on a normal day, this is not wise. It's the middle of the day. No need to go out to fish. At thy word, I will let down the net. So the belief that he has overrides the intellect or the assessment that he sees. He's what he sees with his eyes. He literally steps into what we call walking by faith. Now, let me put a scripture on that and I will come straight back here. So I'm going to turn, ladies and gentlemen, and I'm going to come back to Luke 5. I'm not going to turn away from there, but I want you to keep this scripture in mind. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7, says the following. For we walk by faith, not by sight. Now, that means there will always be that assessment between what I believe based on what I understand the Lord is who he is, what he has done, what he has promised. And I will also, it will stand directly against many times what my eyes see or what I may recall. Peter also says, we've had a bad night. Now that's his memory kicking in. His memory says, this is what yesterday night was looks like. So that feeds into his intellect. So we have Memory, choice, belief, and intellect kicking in. He chooses to do what Jesus says. Now, he lets down the net. But notice what Jesus said to Peter. And I want to just draw this in so you understand this is how this works. Jesus told him, this is what the future will look like. Because Jesus said, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Meaning Jesus paints a picture of what tomorrow looks like. 
So Peter's imagination kicks in. That means he can see a future different from his present and the one presented by his circumstances. So now we realize his imagination has kicked in. That is one of the functions of your mind. Your mind has three functions. It has memory, imagination, and we're going to come to the third function, but I'll let the, I'll let the scriptures show it up. Peter now does what he says, and he, he, they enclose a great deal of fish. He calls to his partners. And now I'm going to pick up the narrative from verse seven. And the Bible says, and they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and they filled both the ships so that they began to sink. So Peter sees this. Notice what the Bible says in verse eight, when Simon Peter saw. Now, when the Bible says when Simon Peter saw it, what that was is realization. It's, and this is what we call the function of your mind, which is perception. Peter understood what was invisible to many. And notice what he does. He falls to his knees and says to Jesus, depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. What had happened? All of a sudden, he realized there's something different about you. Even though I knew before, now it became personal. He had a revelation, a realization of this is who you are. That's what we call perception. All of this is happening inside Peter. Then the Bible says, for he was astonished and all that were with him at the draft of the fishes which they had taken. So was also James, John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus says to Simon again, he, re he reaches into Simon's future. And he says, fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. Peter hears that. Verse 11, when they had brought their ships to land, Peter does what? He forsakes everything he knows and follows Jesus. You see, the outcome of what goes on on your inside has two outworkings, words and actions. And we realize Peter's words and actions change his life. So let me run over what I've just said. Looking at that story, we see that Peter's heart is involved. This is not a discussion he has with anybody around him. So this is his heart is involved. His emotions are involved because he was astonished. He was shocked. His intellect was involved. He assessed the situation. His perception was involved. His soul was involved. He made a choice. His imagination was involved. Jesus pointed him to his future twice. His memory was involved because he remembered what had happened the night before, and that fed into what his intellect told him. His perception was involved. And ladies and gentlemen, you realize 
all of this is in, going on inside Peter. What comes out of Peter are two things. He speaks and he takes an action. So we realize your inner man, when it is in a healthy state, will process what God says into words and actions. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the reason I went over that is this. That was why the question was beautiful. Although Jesus details your heart, your soul, and your mind, they are referred to by the Holy Spirit as your inner man. And it's your inner man that God wants healthy. Okay? And so we're going to look at just a couple of things tonight as we wrap up, and then I'll take questions. Um, and so how we've already spoken about how we get our heart healthy, but let's just go over a couple of things. Please turn in your Bible. So we'll speak about the heart and the soul and the mind, how to get them healthy. Very, very brief overview, ladies and gentlemen, as we bring this to a close. Turn in your Bibles, please. This is a popular verse, and it's the foundation of the series we're going through, ladies and gentlemen. So it's one that's going to be fun. Proverbs 4, verses 20 to 23. And we're speaking about heart, heart healthiness, okay? So Proverbs 4. And we're going to start at verse 20. I'm going to read in the King James Version of the Bible. Um, and I will, I'll stay in the King James for the moment. The Bible says the following. My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. And notice what happens. For they are life unto those that find them and health to all their flesh. Please listen. The Bible says, before I go to the famous verse, the Bible says to keep your heart healthy. Fill it with the word of God. And it's like when you fill your heart with the word of God, it's like wrapping a wet piece of soap with a tissue. The tissue will end up wet because it's the word of God is that. We're going to talk about that in a minute. That's the life of God. And Jesus says, or the Bible says, fill your heart with the word of God. When you do so, your heart will systematically be healed from all of the damage and the challenges that we have faced and we'll we'll look at those in detail on another on another day another series not particularly this series but we will address them i'm sure we will and so to keep your heart healthy alive and to keep your heart healthy fill your heart with the word of god so ladies and gentlemen the condition of your heart is under your control Fill it with the word of God and recovery from where you are, whatever state the word of God finds your heart in, it will eventually heal it as you consistently read, study, meditate, and confess 
the word of God and act on it. When you begin to do those five things, your heart is systematically, it's like just going to the gym. When you first go to the gym, you don't see any muscles. You, you're trying to pick up weight, but something is working. By the time you keep, you've been going to the gym, let's say consistently for two years, people will begin to see the difference that this is working. And so I want you to keep that in mind. So this is how you keep your heart healthy. Let's look at one other thing about your heart, and it's this. Please turn in your Bible to John chapter 1. And we're going to read from verses 1 to 5, and, I, and I'll explain why I'm going to do that. John 1 from verses one to five, and I'll explain. Let's understand healing. When God speaks of healing, he means to restore something to an original state. So for your heart to be healthy, for your heart to be healthy, to be restored to an original state, the Bible says, fill it with the word of God. Why? This is the reason. Because if you are going to restore something, not fix or patch, if you're going to restore something, you have to use original materials, original skills, many times in an original location. So when God wants to heal your heart, which is to restore your heart to an original state, he uses the original materials that you and I were made out of. And so I'm going to read John chapter one, and I'm going to stop at verse five. The Bible says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. This is the word that they're talking about. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Meaning, when God wants to restore you, the original method, and the original materials are the word of God. So he says, if I want to heal your heart, then I must use original materials and the original method to restore you. And he does so when he speaks his word into your heart. That's one of the reasons your heart is so, so important. And so for a healthy heart, fill it with the word of God and health will begin to come in stages, but come it will. You just keep going. So let's go to our minds. Remember what we said about our minds? Our minds are where we have our imagination, our memory, and our perception. Let's look at my, the health of our minds. And ladies and gentlemen, I'm just giving you a brief overview so we can cap this off. Um, please turn in your Bibles to Romans 12. And I'm going to read from verse one, verses one to two. And I'm actually going to read it in the amplified classic version of the Bible, if that's okay, ladies and gentlemen. So I'm going to read Romans 12, 
And I'm going to read from verses one to two. Um, I'll read it in the King James first, and then I'll read it in the Amplified later. So I'll start in the King James version first. This is what it says in the King James, and this is Paul speaking to the, the church at Rome. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Pause for a moment. So Paul says for you to present your bodies, the part of you that takes actions, your bodies to the Lord as an acceptable and a reasonable service. And he says, this is how you do it. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, pause for a moment, ladies and gentlemen. Paul says, for you to successfully present yourself to God, he says, change comes when your mind is renewed. He says, when your mind is renewed, two things will happen. Well, the key thing is you will be able to prove. That means logically identify between a multitude of options what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So what you realize, ladies and gentlemen, when your mind is renewed, you will be able to choose God's will repetitively, and it's going to change your life. And so we realize that happens when your mind is renewed, your ability to picture the past, present, or the future, your ability to perceive, your ability to work out, this is how things are going. Now, also remember, your mind never works in isolation. It will always work with your heart, which believes and speaks, and your soul, which feels, processes, and decides. So when you see the Bible says, renew your mind, remember, it's never working in isolation. Jesus says they don't work in isolation. Your heart, your soul, and your mind always work together. So let's look at how you renew your mind. And this is whistle stop, ladies and gentlemen. Please turn in your Bible to the book of Ephesians chapter four. So how can you have a healthy mind. This is just the beginning. Just the beginning. Ephesians 4 from verse 20 says the following. The Bible says, but you have not so learned Christ. Speaking of um, our, our journey with Jesus. But he's also pointing out that this is not how you've learned. And he compares it to people who don't know Jesus. Again, that's another sermon, but we'll start from verse 20. Then he says, if so be that you have heard, and this is Ephesians 4, reading from 20, and I'm at verse 21 now. If so be that you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Please remember that. The word is, the Bible says, the truth is in Jesus. Please keep that in mind. Then the Bible says the following, that ye put off concerning the former conversation, the old man, 
which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. So here, Paul is saying exactly what he said in Romans. In Romans, he said, do not be conformed to this world. Read it from the Amplified. This age fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial custom, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitude. Then he says, so that you may prove for yourselves what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in his sight for you. Paul says in Ephesians 4, the Bible says, put off your former conversation, basically your former lifestyle. That's the same as saying, do not be conformed. So begin to live the way God wants you to live. That means you begin to decide, you begin to speak, you begin to believe, you begin to act the way God wants you to act. So how do we keep a healthy mind? This is what Jesus, this is what the Bible says. Ephesians 4.23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. How do we do that? Notice what they said about Jesus. The Bible says the truth is in Jesus. Turn with me, ladies and gentlemen, to John 17, 17, and then I'll make a statement about the mind. John 17, verse 17, and then I'll make a statement about the mind. John 17, 17 says the following, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. So ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to realize is to keep your mind healthy. The word of God is key. So as you consistently keep the word of God, keep your mind steeped in the word of God. That means, let me make it simple, ladies and gentlemen. Your mind does one key thing it paints pictures so the bible says if you can ensure that the pictures that you paint on your inside are driven by the word of god your mind will be at its healthiest so you say oh but how can i do that turn with me to joshua 1 8 and then we'll move on like I said, this is a whistle-stop tour, and I will take questions. Joshua 1.8. And this is how we keep a healthy mind. The Bible says this. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth but thou shalt meditate therein day and night. As we've said before, meditation is to mutter or to repeat to yourself the word of God, to think about, to imagine, to perceive, to remember, to see yourself in, to feel. And the Bible says the following, 
day and night that thou mayest observe to do. Notice what the Bible says. When you are meditating, it paints pictures. It paints pictures of yesterday, pictures of today, and pictures of tomorrow. When you're meditating on the word of God, your imagination, your mind is employed. So when I study the word of God, and I, let, let me give you an example. If I study, let, let me pick up one of my favorite verses. Exodus 33, reading from verse 19, where the Bible says that God said, I will have mercy upon whomsoever I will have mercy, and I will be gracious to whomsoever I will be gracious. That's the paraphrase. When I remember that verse, I look back at my life and I realize that God, the only reason I am here today is because you've been merciful. So I begin to picture my past, even the parts that are difficult. I will picture my past in light of what I have read in the Bible. Another one about the past, just because the Holy Ghost just tapped on my heart, and, I, and I'll say this. Romans 8.32 says the following. All things work together for good to those who love the Lord and who are the called according to his purpose. Now, if I'm meditating on that, that, Lord, all things work together for good because I love you and I'm the called according to your purpose. That means I'm here for a reason. But that means I will look at yesterday in a new light. That means even though there may have been tough situations, difficult situations, situations where I thought that I wouldn't make it, I can look at my past in light of the word and the picture that I paint changes. Because all of a sudden, I begin to see the good in what it was an absolute nightmare. I realize that when I look at the word of God, if I'm looking at mercy, or I'm looking at the fact that um, all things work together for good, I will look at my present and I'll say, God, this is it. It doesn't matter whether things are good, great, bad, or ugly. I know for a fact that this is going to turn out for my good. And then I can look at my future and it may, I may not look my future may not look like or tell me that everything's going to be great. But I can, if I look at the word, the picture that the word paints on my inside is that, listen, there will be a turnaround. So I read Joseph's story and I realize that, you know, one day my Joseph, my Pharaoh will dream and my circumstances will turn. One day I'm going to find myself in a situation where I'm prepared and all of a sudden everything changes. What, I mean, the moment will change. What am I doing? When you meditate on the word of God, it paints pictures. The Bible says if you do it consistently, you will change. And all of a sudden, what was intermittent will become permanent. And the Bible says your mind will be renewed. Your mind will find itself in a healthy state. Now, the reason I said that, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to keep this in mind. Let me wrap that up. Um, Joshua 1.8 finishes like this, that you may observe, which is what we looked at, to do. That means based upon the pictures that I have on my inside, just like Peter, I'll take action. And I will act in accordance with what I have studied, the God that I know, the God that I've come to realize. And the Bible says two things will happen. The Bible says, according to all that is written therein. For, the Bible says this, for then 
thou shalt make. That means you will make your way prosperous and you shall have good success. When you spend time exercised in the word of God, whereby your heart, your soul, and your mind is healthy, the Bible says prosperity is a given and success is normal. And I want you to hold on to that. This is something you've got to realize. If your heart and soul being healthy will change your life on the outside, but the work is done on the inside. Okay, let's look at um, our souls and then we'll, and then I'll, I'll, again, if you have any questions, pop them into the chat and by God's grace, we'll answer them. And so how do we have a healthy soul? Just to wrap up tonight, um, please turn in your Bibles to James chapter one, reading from verse 21. James one, and we'll read from verse 21. The Bible says um, the following. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. I will read that in a, 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 a simpler version. And receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. The word save there is where we get our word salvation, which is the Greek word sozo which means nothing missing and nothing broken. And the Bible says, when you want to heal your soul, now your soul is where you make decisions. Your soul has three functions. What you feel with your emotions, what you decide with your choices, what you process facts with, your intellect, all of which when you, the Bible says, when you receive with meekness, that means you choose to acknowledge that God knows better than you. What does the word meek mean? Meek, um, partially translated, means pressed down or literally held under. And so where you see the word meek in the Bible, you find it used of Moses, which is where we get the, the translation, because the Bible says Moses was the meekest man on the earth. It means power under control. It's not that you can't go left or right, but you choose to go God's way because you trust him. And the Bible says when you come to the word of God with a humble heart, when you decide that God I'm going to do what you say. Just show me. The Bible says it will save your soul. What will happen? Your choices, your feelings, and your intellect will be subject to what God wants to say, and it will change your life. So notice what Peter did with Jesus. He said to Jesus, he said, the facts don't add up. He said, we toiled all night, which is when we should have gone fishing. Now it's the middle of the day. 
The fish always go to the bottom of the, of the sea. We're going to catch nothing. But he said to Jesus, nevertheless, at thy word. So what was he saying? He said, you know what? I'm coming to your word ready to obey, even though the facts do not necessarily agree with what you're saying, but you are God and I am not. And the Bible says it changed his choices and his choices changed his life. And so, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to realize, so that's what the Bible means. So let me read that in a simpler version, because that is uh, that is the wonders of King James. That is one of the, the most wonderful. I read in the Bible in basic English. For this reason, putting away all dirty behavior and overweight of evil. That's much simpler. Take into your souls without pride the word which being planted there is able to give you salvation. So notice the same solution that heals your heart and the same solution that heals your mind heals your soul. Fill your inner man with the word of God. And as you do so, salvation, restoration, and healing will be yours. So ladies and gentlemen, what we, what we want to do, so let me just, let me show you two more scriptures and then I'll take questions. I haven't got any questions yet, so I'm gonna keep, I'll just wrap this up. Please turn in your Bibles to First Peter. First Peter, and I'm going to go to First Peter 1, and I'm gonna start reading from 22. And I'll put that in the chat for you, ladies and gentlemen. First Peter 1. And I'm going to go from 22 to 23. And the Bible says, I'll read from the King James Version of the Bible first. And the Bible says this. Seeing you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, unto the unfeigned love of the brethren. See that you love one another with a pure heart fervently. That means when God does purify your heart, does purify your soul and purify your mind, the Peter says, extend that to others, which is exactly what Jesus said in Matthew 22, 37 to 40. Because he said, the second commandment is like unto this, you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. So the two people that you will begin to love, appreciate, and again, we will dig into that another day, but the two people that you will begin to treat differently are you and others, which invariably will change your life, okay? Um, and then he said, verse 23, so please keep this in mind, being born again, that means when the word of God finds a place in your soul and it purifies your heart, the Bible says, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we realize that Peter is saying that not only will the word of God heal your soul, purify your soul, that means it will change your choices. And it will also heal and change your emotions. It will heal and change your intellect, but it will 
also ensure that everything that God has in store for you, that he has won for you in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, will become a reality. Your journey as a Christian will become vibrant, alive. All the things promised will begin to show up because the word of God will have found a place in your heart, your soul, and your mind. Okay, um, I've got a great question, and I'm going to pause, and I'm going to, I'm going to take the question. The Bible says, "Good evening, Pastor. Can someone's heart be completely healed after experiencing the loss of a loved one?" Let's put this in context. Can your heart be completely healed after experiencing the loss of a loved one? The answer is yes. And let me explain why. The Bible says it this way. First, the Bible, let's have a look at what God does when he heals your heart. Come with me. Um, there are two scriptures. Let me find it. I'm, I'm going to search for it. Turn with me to Luke 4, verse 18. Jesus is quoting Isaiah 61, and we're going to talk about that in a minute. The Bible says the following. So what does God do when he heals your heart? Let me read what Jesus said. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of the sight to the blind, to set at liberty. That means place in freedom them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he stops speaking. But let's look at the prophecy where that came from in Isaiah 61. And you'll realize that the Lord says, by reason, of the word of God, the anointing, and the person carrying it, that's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, please keep this in mind. Okay, Isaiah 61. I knew this would happen. It is when we have five minutes left, all the questions, <laughs> all the questions flood in. So Isaiah 61 verse 1. The Bible says, this, and this is where Jesus was quoting from, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. So we've looked at that and we've looked at that. So the word of God will heal your heart, your soul, and your mind. That may, I'll come back to that. To proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound. That means there is a prison that is invisible and sometimes the loss of a loved one can be that kind of prison whereby you can't see how you can move on verse two to proclaim the acceptable year of the lord the day of vengeance of our god now this is key to comfort all that mourn to appoint unto them beauty for ashes now if something has been burnt to ashes that means it has been irreparably damaged then the bible says so for ashes god will give you beauty the oil of joy for mourning that means the lord will lift the weight of mourning 
and he will pour in the oil of joy. And joy is not circumstantial. Joy is relational. That means my relationship with God will bring a level of joy that is inexplicable. Then the Bible says, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. So pause, we realize. So what the Lord is saying is, even where it looks like everything has gone south, to use a colloquial term, the Lord says, I will lift it and I will not only heal you of the loss of a loved one, but I will give you a future that you may never have imagined. And it's in the Bible. So I'm comfortable saying that, yes, God will heal you and God will present to you a future. Now, if it's the loss of a father or a mother, then the Lord will not only lift it, but many times where you need that kind of influence in your life, he will bring somebody else into that space to fill it. If it's the loss of a husband or a wife, then the Lord many times, if the person is willing, the Lord can restore. But what will most happen is the Lord will fill that space first. And then you are free to make your choices, not from the challenge of loss, but from the freedom of saying, the Lord is with me irrespective. And that might mean saying that, you know what, I'm good. I'm, I'm okay with the Lord. I'm, I'm fine. Or you may say, Lord, I'm open to another relationship. That's if it's a husband or a wife. If it is the loss of a child, then it is healing in its highest level. And how will God do it? One, he'll let you know that that child is safe with him. Two, he will bring around you an opportunity for you to give to another that brings the same kind of healing. So all of a sudden, you might become the kindest auntie. You might become the kindest teacher. You might become the kindest counselor. You might become the kindest bus driver. You might become the kindest person standing in a sweet shop, whereby you are able to extend the joy and kindness that the Lord has brought into the life of another child. So the answer is categorical. Can God restore your heart after the loss of a loved one? And the answer is yes. I hope that really, really helps. I hope that helps. Um, so I've got another set of questions and one of them is really good. Ladies and gentlemen, next week is Bank Holiday Monday. So we won't be having Bible study. Let me say that again. Next week is Bank Holiday Monday. So we won't be having um uh bible study next week so we will keep going uh not so when we have a bible study next week we'll continue when um the week after that when we kick back in in september um i've got a couple of questions is the heart the spirit what we have said the inner man comprises of your heart your soul and your mind and the inner man that is your spirit that's your spirit. So we accept that's the person who lives on your inside. So is the heart, the spirit, the words are used interchangeably. The reality is that's where your inner man lives. And the person who lives on your inside, that's your spiritual man. Second, the second question is, 
What goes to heaven after we die to be with the Lord? The heart, the soul, the mind, and the spirit. The Bible says, notice, your body releases the soul and spirit. Your soul, your spirit, and your heart. Your soul, your mind, your heart, what we refer to as your inner man, all of them are eternal. So it is the invisible you that goes to be with the Lord. What is replaced is your body. So either it is transformed during the rapture or it is transformed during the resurrection. That's your body. But everything else, all the other parts of you are eternal. How do we know? Jesus could recognize Moses and Jesus could recognize Elijah, both of whom appeared to him after they had left the planet, one through death, one by translation. I hope that answers that question. Very good question. Um, I know we have, um, I'm going to keep your questions. <laughs> oh, dear. Can a person be born with no heart? The answer is no, that's not possible. God doesn't make those kind of mistakes. No, no, no. That, no, no, no. That everybody has a heart. I knew this would happen. All right. Does everybody have a heart? Why? Because when God made all of us, please understand something. If anybody didn't have a heart, salvation would not be available to them. Why? John chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says that any man who believes in the Lord is saved. So we know that every human being has to have the capacity to believe. So you are always born with a heart. Now, let me see if I can extend that. And I know I've gone over. Please keep this in mind. You may feel your heart or your ability to believe is so battered and bruised that you cannot use it, but that's not true. It is there. So please hold on. Please hang in there. I've got to stop. And all the questions are flooding in. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to copy the chat and we will answer these at another time. Um, I hope you've really enjoyed. I hope you really enjoyed um, tonight. Um, may God bless you. May God keep you. May God. <laughs> honestly, I'm, I'm just looking at the questions. God will be kind. Ladies and gentlemen, have a wonderful bank holiday. Have a wonderful week. See you in church on Sunday. Please plug into this series. It's the best one. I mean, we're really having an absolutely amazing time with Pastor and everybody who's preaching on the heart. God will bless you. Have a fantastic time, ladies and gentlemen. I have to sign off now. Have a wonderful evening. God bless you.